Okay, we are in Sefer Malachim, <coughs> Perik Chof Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, Ben Shtemis Reishona Menashe B'Malcho. So we are going to be introduced now in Perik Chof Aleph to the man who was not even arguably, hands down, the worst, most evil, malevolent, murderous, idolatrous king in Yehuda, in B'nai Yisrael, the worst. There's no gray area, it's all black and white. And paradoxically, he rules for 55 years, the longest of any king of Judea or Israel. And more paradoxically, his father was Hizkiyahu, and his son was Yehoash, both Sadiqim. So, so let me ask you a question. How could Nebuchadnezzar been with Sancherib? Because if Menashe ruled 55 years, now yeah. you're like, you, you, you're making Nebuchadnezzar ancient by the time he would have come back. Right, right, and he was active at the time. He had to be in... in Soldier, but all right. Let me look at that the timeline because it is a little. Because we even go beyond Menashe. Yeah. Menashe isn't the last king. Right. So you you would have make Nebuchadnezzar like between 100 and 200 years old. Yeah, it could be, but all right. We will do that over over Yomtiv. So we begin. Ben Shemesh Reishana Menashe B'Malko. He ascends the throne at 12 years old. He rules for 55 years in Yerushalayim. Very interesting name. His mother's name is Chefsiba. We would pronounce it like Hezbiah um, today. Interestingly, you will recall when Chizkiyahu is on his deathbed, ostensibly, Yeshayahu comes to him, reprimands him that the reason he's there is because he hasn't done Piryavarivya, reproducing and multiplying, and the reason he hasn't done it is he is seeing that he will give birth to a Menashe, and he doesn't want it. He refuses it and Yeshayahu upbraids him, and says, how dare you do those kind of bonos with what the Kaddish Baruch Hu has in mind? You can't do that. Retorts Chishio, all right, give me your daughter, and perhaps between my Suyos and your Suyos, we can overcome the inevitability or the prophecy of a Menashe being my son. At the time, Yishayahu kind of says, no, it's too late now, you're going to die, but then he recovers. The Mephoshim say that this Chespaya is his daughter, Yishayahu. Eventually, that's exactly what he does. He gives Yishayahu um, his daughter in marriage. Uh, the name Chesiba is uh, translated as the desire, I desire her. I, Kafsiba, uh, that I have a great desire for her. By the way, the name Menashe symbolizes either 
he forgot the Kaddish Baruch Hu, or the passive verb, he causes others to forget the Kaddish Baruch Hu. So in any case, he is married to Hephzibah. Vayas hara b'nei Hashem kitoi vas hagoyim asher horish Hashem mitnei b'nei Yisrael. And we start off right away. He does evil in the eyes of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. He does the abominations of the Goyim that the Kaddish Baruch Hu chased them from the land of Canaan and gave to B'nai Yisrael. So we're going to have a historical um, sort of view of how he progresses because he's going to go beyond anything we've ever experienced historically. But we saw with the Canaanites. He goes back to the abominations of the Canaanites. And now he builds those altars which Kizkiyo had dismantled, Kizkiyo Aviv, his father. He now goes and builds a Mizbeach to the Baal. That's going back to Acha. By Yas and he takes the Asherah, Tasher Osa Achab, the Asherah, which is, the Baal is sun worship. Asherah is moon worship, by, uh, represented by a tree of fertility. Hilly, so Menashe is 12, according to uh, the Navi. Why, who, who's doing who, Who's advising him? Right, like he, he is, is, is it possible that everyone around Hiskiahu was just waiting for him to die so that they could go back? I mean, obviously. It's, it's possible for somebody, remember, uh, that yes, it had to be in his early years he started. It doesn't waste a minute. So how does a 12-year-old get the sophistication to bring in, you know, the boss? It's a good question. Um, in any case, he restores the Baal, and the Asherah, Kasher Osa Achav Melech Yisrael, when Achav did. Now, beyond this, he's on his own. He is going to go beyond anything he saw with Achav, with the Canaanites, by Yishachabu Lechot Sabor Hashemayim, by Yabodosam. He becomes the first king that openly bows down and worships the constellations, the sun, the moon, the stars. He, the heavenly bodies. This goes further, than, far further than anybody. He builds a Mizbeach in the base Hamikdash. The same base Hamikdash, the Kodesh Baruch, who says, There I will inscribe my name. Not even Achaz. Remember, Achaz built a Mizbeach, but he had the instinct to build it on the roof of the of the base. I mean, he wouldn't dare put it in the base of uh, Mishnah. He puts it right in there. By even And he builds altars to every god of the sun and the moon and the constellation. He builds it in the chaser of the Beit HaMikdash. One where the, it's called the chaser Kohanim, the other is the regular chaser. The heavier Espinoba Eish. He now brings his own sons into the Molech, 
where child sacrifice by burning, which we saw Svarnoza says it is the worst soeva of any avodazara. Moreover, any any avodazara in your catalog of avodazara, he embraces the owning, the divination, the nachash, magic, sorcery, but also oh, the zonim, necromancy, conjuring the dead. He does the evil in the eyes of God. Interesting. He's doing it, some say, to anger God. He may not even believe in all this nonsense, but he is trying to be lahachis. So if the question is if he doesn't believe in a Kaddish Baraka, why is he trying to be lahachis? It's an eternal dilemma. But that is what some Mephoshim say. It's done to anger the Kaddish Baraka. Specifically, Mephoshim say when he built the idols, he built them facing in all four directions of the entrances to the uh, base on Mishjash, so that when the Kaddish Baruch Hu is at war, he enters, he can't miss seeing an idol staring him right wait, in wait, the wait, face. Wait, where are the Kohanim? Where are the, where are the, um, where's what? the Sanhedrin? Where are all the people that are, that, that uh, want to, to uh, observe. We'll serve as a break on right. this. We'll see in a second. Good question. By Yosem is Pesel HaAsherah, and he takes the Asherah, Asherah Soba Bayis, Asherah Mar, Hashem El Zovid, Vel Shlomo, Beno, the Bayis Hazet, Yerushalayim, Asher Bacharti, Michal Shifti, Yisrael, Osim Eshmi Olam. He takes the statue of the Asherah, Noah, even Acha who was the biggest proponents of the Asherah, didn't dare do that, to put it in the Beis Hamikdash, the same Beis Hamikdash that I bequeathed to Zavid and Shlomo, and I picked Yehuda out of all the tribes and Yushalayim out of all the cities in the world. Now says the Kodesh Baruch and this is historical going back to where there were these periodic exiles, not the major exiles like Sankarev and what we're going to see, Babel. Below us, Sifuhanid regularly is from, I promise that I would not have further exiles, Minhazama, from the land, that I gave to their forefathers. Rock in conditional on them following. Everything I commanded, which I commanded them, and Moshe commanded them. Why the distinction? Because the first two commandments, that shalt not make other gods, that shalt not make brazen images, was given at Mount Sinai by the Kaddish Baruch Hu's voice himself. I personally gave it. And now, below Shamu, they have not listened. And now he has done the evil and taken B'nai Yisrael with him. In other words, And so now the Kaddish Baruch here comes an attempt to break him in. I instructed him through my Nevi'im. Who are the Nevi'im? Says the Raja, it is Nochum, Chabak, Book, and Yoel. How come 
We don't hear from them here in Peret Chafala. Why? They try, but they do not want their names associated with Menashe. Out of respect to them, we don't link them to Menashe. We see this, and we'll see it in Yishayahu, which hopefully is our next Navi. The first sentence, Chazon Yishayahu ben Amas, which he prophesied, Bimei Uziyahu, Yosam, Achas, Fizkiyahu, Machei Yehuda. Doesn't mention Menashe. So vile, so bad, he does not want to be linked with Menashe in scripture. Moreover, we learn that Mephoshim say what he did was take the Sifrei Torah and deliberately erase Shem Hashem, every reference to God in the Sifrei Torah. Now, he ups his game. Uh, and he says to his Nevi'im, Yan because he did these abominations, worse than the Canaanites is symbolized by the Emirates, I fell upon of that will be formed by love, and he took Yehuda with him in his abominations. Now comes the first mention ever of the eventual Golas to Babel. Never mentioned before, and it's not mentioned as conditional. This is a fair complete. This is what's going to happen. I will bring an evil on Jerusalem and Yehuda. Interesting expression. Anyone who hears it, literally, his ears will ring when they hear about the destruction I am about to bring. And I will bring on them the measuring line of Shomron, of Israel, and Mashkolas is literally a plumb line. These were two measuring devices. People were in construction used, one horizontal, one vertical, to get the exact calculation so the walls meet, the distances meet. I will use this like people use to calculate building, I will use to calculate the destruction. I will erase Yishalayim from the face of the earth, like one wipes clean a plate and turns it over on the plate so that nothing will ever go on the plate. And I will disperse the rest of my nachlots, the rest of it means the first part was Israel, which we know is already in exile. I will give them in the hands of the enemies. They will be for destruction, all their enemies. This is the first mention again of the Gullus, Babel, and of course the destruction of Bayes Rishon. Yan asher asuas harabinei v'yumachisimosi yosidin evil min hayom asher yosu abosam mimisrayim al hayom hazet. They have been evil from the day they came out of Mitzrayim till today. Now, further, 
This is where Menashe differs, and this may answer your question on Kohanim and Sanhedrin, because no one, even Achaz, didn't kill his enemies who disagreed with him or refused to go along with this. But Gam Jamnaki Shafach Menashe, he killed innocent people, presumably the leaders, the Kohanim, the resistance. And so Yerushalayim was filled with streets, one end to another with blood. Besides which, he's made Yehuda sin. He shed the blood of his opponents of the resistance. Says the Mephorshim, he kills Yeshayahu. He was the result, he was the cause of the death of Yeshayahu. Remember, was the prophet had prophesied for as we're going to see 80 years, and is his father-in-law. He kills his father-in-law. But yes, Menashe, the one added point. Did he literally fill the street with blood? What the Fortune says is he has so influenced the culture that people who were not killers killed enemies, their enemies, people who they didn't like. The whole culture of death, because life was so cheap under Menashe, radiated to the people. But yes, everything he did, all this chasson, and there are plenty more. Are they not written in Zivrei Hayomim of the kings of Judah? Unfortunately, that particular Sefer is lost, so we don't know. He dies, he is buried, not, he doesn't even make a pretense that he's buried in the sepulchres with the kings, rather he's buried in the gan, the garden, the gan but now by Yinloch, Amon, Benot, and Amon, his son, rules underneath. One last word. There are, in this first 18 second, there's no doubt to Menashe, his quality, his evil, his malevolence. As we say, there's no gray. We are going to see that there are other sources in Zivrei Hayomen, in the Agarita, that show extenuating circumstances, that show he may not have been as evil as these first 18 Sukkim depict. So the question is, why doesn't Nabi depict it. If there are circumstances, if he wasn't as bad as all this, why? It's a valid question and one we hope to answer when we resume after Yuntif, 8.45 a.m. on time.